And a very good evening to you. Welcome to the Catholic View. I'm Sheila Birch. Thank you so much for being here with us. Coming up in today's broadcast of the Catholic View, being a Friday, we bring you our youth feature as we focus on Masole a Criste Morena. Then we take a look at the Dominican school celebrating the 800th Jubilee. And not forgetting, lastly, Ugandan chest standout inspires girls battling poverty. So that's what's coming up in our youth feature later on in the broadcast. But for now, though, do stay with us as Mahadi Butelezi brings you up to date with some of the stories that made headlines in Africa and beyond. You are listening to Radio Radio Veritas. Bringing you your news headlines from Africa and beyond, Senegalese Christians, Muslims unite to end sale of counterfeit drugs, elections in Africa, and Pope gives an interview about his favorite sport. Good evening, I'm Mahadi Butelezi. We begin with elections in Africa. According to the latest partial results of the local government elections, the African National Congress appears to be facing its biggest electoral setback since the end of apartheid. Linda Bodoni has more. With 85% of the votes in, the ANC trails its main rival, the Democratic Alliance, in two major cities. The two parties are also in close fight in Johannesburg and Pretoria. But the ANC is still in the lead nationally. Unemployment and corruption scandals surrounding President Jacob Zuma have tarnished the ANC's image. Bishop Evans Chinyama Chiemba of the Catholic Diocese of Mongu has urged the faithful to pray for peace in the country and to vote in next week's elections. The bishop decreed the public media's behavior that seems to have left the Electoral Commission of Zambia powerless, knowing that the hand of government is in both institutions. The bishop further said the public media has given birth to some online media that have become mouthpieces for the opposition political parties. Consequently, with all these election media challenges, the Electoral Commission of Zambia should, after this year's elections, revise its electoral code of conduct in as far as it relates to the media. Zambia goes to the poll on the 11th of August, 2016. Bishops of the National Episcopal Conference of Congo have called on all the politicians to gather around a table for sincere national dialogue, which has become the inevitable way to relaunch the electoral process in accordance with the Constitution and to avoid chaos. The bishops further said that it is essential to prioritize what contributes to democracy and peace, rather than worrying about seat of power or personal or party interests. The date of the presidential elections has not been set yet and it seems that President Joseph Kabila is now determined to stay in office even after the expiry date of his second term on December 20th. Meanwhile, his main opponent, Etienne Tsisekedi, in a meeting on July the 31st, sent a three-month eviction notice, starting from September the 19th, the date of the convening of the electorate, in view of the presidential elections. 
Ghana's Electoral Commission has reopened the nation's voter registration list this Friday, allowing tens of thousands of people whose names were deleted because of a problem with their identification documents to re-register in time to take part in December's general elections. In more African news, sections of Christians and Muslims in Senegal have come together to create awareness on the risks of counterfeit drugs for sale in the country. The program is led by Father Bernard Youf, Head of Health Pastoral Care in the Archdiocese of Dakar and Al-Hajj Omar Dien, Secretary General of the Imams and Ulamams of Senegal. Father Diof said that the program was aimed to convince the faithful of both religions to change behavior towards the purchase of illegal drugs. The Interfaith Initiative, which started on July the 24th to the 31st of August, is part of the national campaign launched by the Senegalese government against street drugs. The UN Security Council is being urged to take stronger action on South Sudan in the wake of reports showing that widespread violations were committed during recent violence in the country. The appeal has been made by the UN Human Rights High Commissioner, who says preliminary investigations reveal hundreds of killings and rapes, as well as other abuses occurred as a result of fighting which began in the capital, Juba, in early July. Rupert Carville is the UN Human Rights Office spokesperson. A lot of people were killed, possibly hundreds of people. We've we've confirmed at least 73 civilian deaths, but uh, we fear it could be quite a lot more. And the number of cases of sexual violence and rape has also been climbing to very alarming levels, and we've documented at least uh, 217 cases in Juba alone between the 8th and the 25th of July. And unfortunately, some violations are continuing to take place. It's not the same intensity as it was in mid-July, but it doesn't seem to be over yet. Unfortunately, sexual violence is just a chronic problem in South Sudan. We've heard some reports of it happening in other places, but the, the worst fighting was in Juba during this episode. There was a month earlier in June, there were rapes taking place in a town called Wao. So it's an ongoing problem, but it, it emerged really badly during this, this violence in July. And finally, for the first time, Pope Francis gives an exclusive interview to talk about his favorite sport, soccer. He does so in his latest book titled Soccer with Soul, written by former ambassador of Colombia to the Holy See. In it, the Pope reveals some tidbits, like the Swiss guard that always keeps him in the loop about the results of the soccer tournament. Although he is thousands of miles away from his home country, Pope Francis still keeps track of his beloved athletic team, San Lorenzo. The Pope says in the interview that for him, the sport is like life. It has rules and can bring out the worst and the best out of the players on the field. Without a doubt, the way to get closest to God must be put to the test. You must put all of those virtues in one soccer match, testing patience, perseverance, faith, charity, and knowing how to win and how to lose. So the paths that lead to God are the ways that also lead to a good soccer match. The Pope stressed in the interview that the importance of the sport is what creates a chance meeting between the rich and the poor, and believers of different religions. They must all put their differences aside in order to achieve a common denominator, to score a goal. Soccer with Soul repeats what the Pope said before, that soccer is a perfect medicine against individualism. The sport is important. 
porque enseña a jugar en equipo. El deporte salva del egoísmo, ayuda a no ser egoísta. Pope Francis is not the only one that gives an interview for this book. César Mauricio Velázquez also interviews seven other major veteran athletes like Alfredo Di Stefano, Javier Zanetti, and Andrés Escobar. In fact, Velázquez was able to speak to the Colombian defender a few hours before he was killed due to scoring his own goal. It caused his team to be eliminated in the 1994 World Cup. I would point out that these seven figures had three things in common. The first, they fought for what they wanted and have suffered along the way. Second, they have had constant and steady work despite their many shortcomings and mistakes. And the third, they have been grateful to the people who have helped them. The athletes shed some light into their personal lives and the value of family. This has helped them keep their feet on the ground at times of success to overcome their painful professional failures, lessons that can be applied to the everyday life of ordinary people. And these have been your news from Africa and beyond. Have yourselves a very good weekend. I am Mahadi Butilezi. And my thanks goes there once again to Mahadi Butelezi for bringing us up to date with some of the stories that made headlines in Africa and beyond. You're still listening to The Catholic View this Friday evening, and I'm Shayla Pirsch. Coming up next, we take a look at our youth feature. Welcome back to our youth feature. Today we focus on Masole Acriste Morena, Dominican schools celebrate 800 Jubilee, and Ugandan chess stand out inspires girls battling poverty. Masole Acriste Morena is a Soto phrase translated to English as the Soldiers of Christ. This Catholic group of young people has a very special history. Towards the end of 2015, there was a special 40th year anniversary celebration since the establishment of Catholic sodality for young children called Masoleana Acriste Morena, Little Soldiers of Christ, in the Archdiocese of Pretoria. It was such a fruitful celebration through the support of different people, including Archbishop William Slattery of Pretoria and the Mayor of Tswane. Around mid-last year, Archbishop William Slattery launched officially the sodality of Masole for the first time. Now, Masole are simply the grown-up Masolenyana. It is a continuation of Masolenyana as they continue to live the same spirituality. The group of Masole gathered at Macau for their annual retreat at the end of July. There were about 60 participants from the Archdiocese of Pretoria. I spoke to the chairperson and the deputy chairperson of Masole Acriste Morena from the Archdiocese of Pretoria. What we realized now that there's a need for Masole. Remember, it was launched uh, last year, yes. December the 2nd. So what we did, it's been an issue that was been there from 2001 but not officialized by the church, remember, by the diocese before. So we still have consultants and protocols to follow. And then we put requests there. There must be analysis, assessments, investigations, that if there's a need for the sodality to be approved by the archbishop and he, his consultants. So what we realize now is that in realistic day-to-day -day life, the church doesn't have other things 
that would support the growth of us having like the better education and understanding of life. So what we do, we invite internal structures now. That's where she talks about the Houghton Provincial Social Development. Uh, we had the city of Swan assisting us with the anniversary for the junior sodality of Masolanyana, which we are from also. That has nurtured us to be who we are today. So those experiences has, had encountered us as the present administrating executive. That now we need to look at things in a other perspective. That talks to the young people. Remember on day to day, you find a young person who's from a family that is less fortunate, doesn't have a, let's say maybe he's a, or she's a firstborn in the child, in the, in the, in the family, who's to go to tertiary for the first time. We don't have any guidance of how to go about that. How's the survival of tertiary education and institutions life there? Some they can't even afford how to get a bazaar. They don't know how, how to apply to go to it. So we get people to come in and get involved now, relate to young people now of what they need in their life. Mm -hmm. So they'll be better people. Yeah. Uh, so, so we don't basically focus only on the spiritual side. Our church is rich on the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. We've got priests there. We've got sodality. We've got time for retreats mm -hmm. to revive ourselves. Also, the youth council also provide the, uh, what we call the youth revivals. Mm -hmm. We've got retreats there. We've got Lent and season where we change our life. We go to a session where you do a self-introspection and stuff. So spiritual, the church is rich. Mm -hmm. But now we need radical change on our lives now. The mm -hmm. practical one that will make us now be better people and lead the society. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. But now talk to us about the retreat. I believe uh, it was quite interesting. <laughs> you did learn a lot. Yeah. Um, I remember this paragraph. Uh, maybe I might not quote the words correctly, okay. but I love the fact uh, where, where Lesejo said something like, you know, I've, I've learned in life that you have to reach the moon so that in case you fall, you still <laughs> hang on the stars nice. and you shine <laughs> like a star. Yeah. So that was beautiful. It, it just st got stuck in my mind there. Mm -hmm. Talk to about this retreat it seems like it really touched you a lot yeah. all of you yeah <laughs> the retreat was it was phenomenal like usually we have we okay we usually have retreats every year like yeah. but you know it's the same old thing that we know we get there the program is the same mm -hmm. all the years but this year it was so different you know the place that where we went to was so tranquil to start. You know, you, you could pray and there wasn't any other interference. You literally, all you thought about was, I'm at a retreat, I'm praying, I'm at a retreat, I'm praying, always. And then um, the highlight of it was going up the mountain at Macau. That place is beautiful. And when you look at it from a distance, yeah, you think to yourself, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> The cross is at the very top and you think they're telling you that you have to go to the top and get to that cross. And I'm thinking and I was thinking to myself, no, I'm not going to make it up there. But then when we started climbing up, there was a point where I actually sat down. I was like, guys, I'm going down. <laughs> I am not continuing with this. But there's something driving me, pushing me to go yeah. up that mountain. And when I got up there. The beauty of nature, God's work is so beautiful. You got, I got to see Magau at its fullest, mm -hmm. and it was so beautiful. And it mm -hmm. made me, it made me appreciate God even more because it showed me how marvelous He, how marvelous He is, and how how great oh that place. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then also, um, we renewed our vows. Yes. The only time where we said our vows was when we were. Um, 
launching um, in December, like last year, December, mm-hmm. when we set our vows. But you know, then it was because we were launching and we have to wear this uniform. And mm-hmm. but on on Sunday at the retreat, it had so much meaning. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it was so it was so different. It was because at the parish where we went to, they didn't know us, so everyone welcomed us, and we looked so pretty and everything. <laughs> I mean, that part where we had to renew our vows, there was something about it. You know, that. The feeling in in the church, everyone was so so peaceful. You know, yeah. it felt like God was agreeing, saying, "Yes, my children, <laughs> I am welcoming you indeed." And also, there was um, people from social development, which was also something different, something new. You know, mm-hmm. then they offered us um, opportunities, um, gave us guidance, learnerships, bursaries, and also they told us that um, they're not stopping there. We are continuing this process with them. So that, that, that showed me that, you know, the sodality is more than a spiritual sodality, but it's also helping us um, to be better people, you know. It was, well, the retreat was beautiful. And Father Tatu, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. We never spend time with our chaplains, never. Yeah. It's like we see them at Mass, they see us for two minutes and they leave. Mm-hmm. He went up the mountain with us. He conducted the, the retreat for us. Mm-hmm. He conducted a meditation in the morning where we thought he was actually abusing us. We're thinking, oh, we were late. So <laughs> this person is making us stand up and sit down, stand up and sit down. This person is abusing us. Why is this person doing that? But it came to a point where after all the sitting up and standing down, you were centered. Now you came to a point where you could really hear God and you know, when I came out of that place, I, was, I felt like a new person. I really did. Sunday when I went back home, it was like, you know, I, I could go back again and rewind it to, to, to the Friday again. It was really, really, really phenomenal. It was your life just Yes, yeah, you must remember now. Mm-hmm. If you grew up now in a background where you're told that you can't do anything, you won't achieve anything, mm-hmm. it's impossible. You are not the, the good person to do that job. And then you get in an environment where young people, they relate like they're from one family. Mm. That's the culture that's been there by Maswala. Mm. The place makes you now, even you are a new person or a first time to come to attend that retreat generally. You feel now the sense of belonging because they will welcome you and you feel that there's a sense of family. So the place itself, it's a spiritual place to, play, to pray. So it changes the mood, the mindset that you're coming with from your home or from the background you're coming from, the different backgrounds you're coming from. Remember, uh, Maswala in different parishes. Mm. But as a diocese, we unite, then we meet for our activities and stuff. So that place will take you from way far from there and puts you here in one place, one space, mm-hmm. at one time, with the same rhythm and same mood of prayer. Now, achieving going to the mountain now, everybody will tell you who has have, have ever had a retreat there. They will, they, they will come back telling you, you feel like these people are magicians now. There's something that had happened there. And then the greater side of God now, you see it when you are on top there. The view of nature and God's creations. And then the, the sense of achievement that you have conquered. You must remember now, everything is always about impossibility. But being there, you tell yourself, after this retreat, Monday I'm going somewhere else, I'm going to achieve. You know, it's a, it's a motivation that you need. Unfortunately, because of resources, we do it annually. But young people will tell you, they will demand even you do it many times. Spiritual revivals are, are needed in young people. There are those who still rely on God's mercy, you know, for things to change and for them to have hope in life. That's 
That's true. Yes. That's true. So, in other words, you guys had your mini World Youth Day there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. It's been there. It's been we there. did. It was our mini World Youth Day. Yeah. Yes. After months of preparation and 800 years of religious life and education, both staff and learners went to the St. Dominic School in Bergsburg to celebrate the 800th anniversary of the founding of the Dominican Order. More than 1,500 learners from Dominican schools in Gauteng, Pumalanga, the Eastern Cape and Free State were present to celebrate Dominican spirituality and mark the historic anniversary with a celebratory mass. Learners enjoyed more than 20 workshop sessions on topics such as Dominican values, saints, meditation and symbols. Each school shared in the music, readings and prayers. The true story of a teenager from a Ugandan slum who transformed her life from corn seller to international chess player is to make its European premiere at the London Film Festival in October. The Disney movie Queen of Katwe is based on the life of Fiona Mutesi, who around 2005, at about age nine, turned up at a sports outreach program in Katwe, a part of Kampala, Uganda, for a cup of porridge and was drawn in into a world of knights and checkmates. Now Uganda's number three female chess player, according to the World Chess Federation, Mutesi is held as an inspiration to many girls for managing to escape the life of poverty she was leading on the streets with her mother after her father died of AIDS. The movie, to be shown October 9th after opening in the United States in September, stars newcomer Madina Nalwanga as Mutesi, Oscar-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o as her mother, and David Oyelowo as her chess teacher, a soccer player turned missionary. Mama, mm. can you do big things from such a small place? think about such things. Why not? You'll be disappointed. Hey Fiona, how is your life? It is fine. <laughs> Young girl, come inside. What is your name? Fiona. Could you please show Fiona how to move the pieces? Chess, the small one can become the big one. You can say anything you want to say. Chess helps us solve problems. But I'm gonna love you anyway. It teaches us to make a plan. If you didn't have a wall to hide behind. Use your minds. And you fall to pieces when your eyes And you will all find safety. Why are you letting her win? I'm not letting her. You can see it moves ahead. Checkmate. 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 She won. You could be the best in all of Uganda. Good. How can I become a champion? Sometimes the place you are used to is not the place you belong. You belong where you believe you belong. Where is that for you? Your sneak attacks. This is not the ghetto. I don't need to sneak. Checkmate. This year's gold medalist, Fiona Mutesi. 
Your children are blessed because they have a mother who never gave up on them. Are you my daughter? Yes, Mama, yeah. <laughs> yes. Coach, you told us to make a plan, but I fear things will never change. What matters is when you reset the pieces. She's winning. She's winning. And play a game. Stronger than your bruises, I got thick skin. And that was our quick youth feature right here on Catholic View. Coming up next, we take a look at sports. Welcome back to our sports feature. The games of the 31st Olympiad in Rio de Janeiro are about to get underway. The opening ceremony is Friday and what's usually a joyous time is also seldom without controversy. This year is no different. Arash Arabasadi reports. The Olympic torch arrived in Rio de Janeiro by boat after being met by street protests which forced the flame to detour from its preset path. Not the only controversy surrounding these games. There's the Russian doping scandal that pits the International Olympic Committee against the World Anti-Doping Agency which wants to ban all Russian athletes. Also, there's the threat of Zika. More than 1,700 cases of birth defects in Brazil link back to the mosquito-borne virus. Then there's the water in Guanabara Bay. It's very polluted with raw sewage and comes with an unofficial warning label. Vaccinate athletes against hepatitis A. Avoid swallowing water. Avoid having close contact with the water. Amnesty International reports a worrying spike in violence. In the past three months, between April and June, the increase in the number of people killed by the police in the city of Rio was of 100% when in comparison with the same period last year. Athletes from around the world are already in Rio. For some, like Indian wrestler Sakshi Malik, the rewards outweigh the risks. It's strange to see how people change. They're interested in me now that I'm rising to the top, yet didn't support me when I started. My family and coaches always backed me, but everyone else taunted me, saying, why are you playing a man's game? Ukrainian rhythmic gymnast Ganna Ritsatinova says the games give her a chance at revenge for Russia's annexation of Crimea. I want to prove to the entire world that we are strong, strong in spirit, and the whole situation only hardened us, our whole team. There were no thoughts of moving to the Russian team. More than 11,000 athletes registered to compete in Rio's Olympic Games. Despite the scandals, water, mosquitoes and protests, this is the moment for which many have spent their lives preparing. After all, sports are about overcoming adversity. The 10 members of the refugee Olympic team have continued to break new ground ahead of Friday's opening ceremony and on Thursday it was the turn of the UN chief to pay his respects in Rio. Matthew Wells has more. 
the members of the first ever refugee team have been celebrated in the Brazilian city hosting the Games all week. They thanked both the International Olympic Commission and the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, for helping to bring them to Rio. The team comprises of two Syrian swimmers, two Jodokas from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, a marathon runner from Ethiopia and five middle-distance runners from South Sudan. The Secretary-General told them that they were already an inspiration to the world. Now you can show your strength, your capacity to run faster and become stronger. You have to show this. I'm sure that you will be very much appreciated, very much applauded by world people. At least the three billion people will watch you tomorrow night. At their first press conference earlier, one of the Syrian contenders, Yusra Mardini, spoke from the heart about the home she's lost, at least for now. I want to tell everyone that I really miss Damascus in the beginning. And I... I'm going to go back one day. I want everyone to think of uh, their dreams because a lot of people there forgot their dreams. I hope that everyone will follow their dreams to achieve something good in their futures. Among the refugee athletes greeting the UN chief was Rose Nathike Lokonyen, forced to flee her homeland of South Sudan. The 800-metre runner is due to be the team's flag bearer at Friday's opening ceremony. And this has been your Friday's edition of Catholic View. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that Catholic View is a program produced by Sheila Birch for Radio Veritas. Thank you so much for listening once again. Do have a blessed weekend. I'll be back with you on Tuesday at the same time. Until then, God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Sheila Birch.